Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. everyone, welcome back to Ausbiz. We kick off the afternoon with a call live from our Brangaroo studios. Great to have your company for the next 60 minutes as we run through 10 stocks that I put to our expert panel. Uh, we do that all in 60 minutes. Uh, great panel today, Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners, Josh Barker from Macro. Hello. Gents, how are you? Thanks. Thanks uh, good to see you. Look, I'm going to get straight into it because uh, we've got so much to get through. Through some a really well, there it's always a good list of stocks, um, but uh, is oh, sort of tends towards the blue chip it's and more popular like stocks. No, Dorsey <laughs> likes the blue chips, I, lo- I like the sort of yeah. um, little stocks that are going to surprise and that sort of thing. Well, what about Life Tiles today? Did you like that one? Down well, 50%? Uh, oh, yeah, so yeah. small caps and, and delisting, and going for a delist. And, del- and yeah. Appen down 25% and Appen as well. As well. So, yeah, so sometimes <laughs> the small ones <laughs> Yes, all hurt. right, but also they go, look at Ordinate. <laughs> Right. Right. Yes, there you absolutely. go. That's the opposite. Absolutely. Anyhow, the stocks we're going to kick off with in the first half hour: Aristocrat, BHP, Nick Scarly, uh, Solpats, uh, and Wise Tech. Uh, stock of the day, I thought. Another market leader, global medical company, um, CSL, has got the green light from the regulator to acquire buy for pharma. The healthcare giant anticipates to hold more than 97% of buy for shares upon completion. It says it won't be able to provide financial guidance on the deal for fiscal 2023. Uh, CSL also advised the market Harvey Gissero uh, has been appointed uh, the lead, to lead the buy for business. Uh, shares seeing a, a bit of a gain this morning, uh, heading back to that $300 mark, which it hasn't been for a while. Uh, what does our panel think of the announcement, the go-ahead today, and uh, CSL stocks at the moment? Uh, Adam Dawes from Shaw. Yeah, so... Obviously a great announcement and CSL would have done a lot of their work already to get to this stage knowing that they would have got those agreements in place. So I think it's fantastic. The stock, as you say, coming up and it's going to do a lot of work around that $300 mark again. I think that's sort of a level where it's going to hit and potentially do some more work. So, But overall, I think it's a really complimentary acquisition to CSL's overall business. Uh, how do you say it? V4? Vifor? Vifor? Yeah, the group. You know better than me. Well, I'm supposed to. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, they, they uh, a lot of the stuff that they do is a lot to do with uh, iron in blood and yeah. uh, those kinds of things and kidney regen. So I think it fits nicely within that wheelhouse. CSL, fantastic business. It's certainly a buy from me. I think healthcare. And we were talking to Jumbe just last week, and she said her healthcare portfolio is doing very well in that defensive stance. So yeah. I'm really comfortable with CSL under $300. Okay. Josh? Yeah, I agree. We're seeing it have a little bit of chop around that $300 mark. There's a few points that it'll do that, of course, probably 300 
315 has been pretty range bound for a while and then the recent highs of 340 but I do think it's a staple in the portfolio. Um, it's been great during this recent downturn yeah. and uh, a lot of the healthcare stocks have been bucking the trend. So yeah, good to always have some sort of allocation in there. The US dollar strength is also going to help them um, as well as just the um, donations getting back to where it was. So. Not much guidance from this part, yeah, this new part that, of the business. Was that disappointing? Uh, I think it's just such a big deal. It's taken so long to get through. It's already been delayed. Uh, they don't want to put themselves on the hook for anything just yet. But it's, you know, it is a big deal, and it was one of the biggest cap raises to kick it off that mm. we've ever had here in Australia. Or one it was off. a cap raise for another company, was it? Did CSO? No, they raised. CSO they raised up for this. Yeah. To right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So obviously it's a big deal, but CSL is such a big company as well. So probably yeah. its main drivers are going to be its core business rather and, than just this for the and, time being. But then a lot of experts in this will go, "Well, we've got to see how they integrate it. Will they do it well? Yeah. Do you have confidence in CSL management to do it?" I think so. Do I don't. Well. I can't, sort of. They, every other bolt-on acquisition they've made, up. yeah, they, they've made is quite a lot smaller than this. So this is definitely going to test them uh, as as a business to make sure that marketing, accounting, all of that stuff gets integrated, and they can get some cost synergies or savings yep. out yep. of that. Only time will tell. Okay. On that. But one. they've got a good track record. Yeah, I, I think so. if anyone can do it in the healthcare space, it's CSL. Yeah. Yeah. They're the number one stock in Australia by way of size. So yeah. if anyone can do it, CSL. Yeah. I still get blown away that we have CSL, ResMed and Cochlear, mm. all homegrown Australian yeah, companies that are just mm. global market leaders, aren't they? It's mm. good. Really punch our way, above our weight in that. Um, Josh, uh, Rachel wants a view on Aristocrat, mm. the, uh, the big gaming machine um, manufacturer and now uh, has got into uh, online gaming yep. as well. Um, ESG filters for a lot of people would probably cut mm. uh, uh, aristocrat out. But if you're, if you're investing for investing sake, what do you like about it? Um, well, we initially got into aristocrat with the Playtech acquisition, and I think we've seen it sell off in line with that. Uh, as soon as that Playtech didn't go through, um, it did sell off quite a bit. So that was that was a pretty big uh, missed opportunity for the company on sale. It doesn't really impact them, but it is a, a bit of an opportunity cost that they missed out on. But last report, um, they had a bumper record revenue and earnings. Um, that was when the stock was uh, 40% higher. Um, it is expected to continue to increase its earnings in 2022 by about 17%. Um, so I don't have any, I guess, reason to think that they won't improve their numbers when the right. stock was a lot higher. Um, but that being said, we don't know just yet. You know, we haven't got a, a fundamental update from this company for you know 5.99 months with them about to report very yeah. soon. Yeah. So I'd definitely wait, and I think that's going to be the case with a lot of companies right now, especially given where the market is. I'd be waiting until you see the report. Again, like I said, it's got 40% to go back up to its highs. A company of this size is not going to do it in one, you know, right. on, on the open when it does report well. So I think in this case, wait, because it's actually going to struggle to get through that $38 mark for the time being. Right. Um, but we just need to see that that, so that, hold, that announcement come through. Yeah, it's a hold. Okay. Uh, Adam? I'll take the other side of this one. I reckon it's a buy. Um, they've upgraded uh, their, their data, I think it was mid-May, they had a little bit of an upgrade, which is what you want to be buying a company in an upgrade cycle. Uh, a lot of their digital app revenue is has been flat, so that's been a bit of a concern because that was one of their biggest things that they came out to. 
uh, to the market and saying social gaming is, is where they're getting a lot of traction. But I think overall um, we could see a 10% growth that year on year if they get it right and they're starting to do that as well. So look, for me, I really like the business. It's a growth side of the thing, uh, growth side of uh, clients' portfolios and I think it's the right time, so I'm happy to buy. So, because it's uh, basically been trading sideways, has it? Yeah, and, yeah, it came and, down and then it's sort and of And Mark is saying up. they've got a great balance sheet, haven't they, at the moment? 100%, uh, yeah. Because that takeover didn't go through. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they got the, cash, cash. the cash is just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, um, I think also, yes, it's doing nothing, but there's, you know, I think having a little bit of extra cash on the balance sheet in these times, sure. I think, is, the, is, is probably prudent yeah. to have that. So, um, look, the comps have been tougher over the last coming couple of months, um, but I think overall they're going to they're going to get through this, and uh, I think it's a standout for us. So I'm I'm happy with a buy on it. Okay. All right. Uh, Charlie wants a view on the big Australian BHP, the giant resource. Uh, conglomerate uh, recently sold off its uh, gas and oil business to uh, Woodside. To Woodside, so yeah. it's, it's sort of a, a bit of a different beast now, is it? Definitely. Is it, is it a better beast? Uh, I think so. With the with the sale off of the oil and gas, it's obviously some ESG pressures that are going on there. They've, yeah. they've made that uh, sale, and then they've got a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines now. Uh, which means I think the dividend will be fairly solid this oh, year round, oh, which is going to be good compared to Fortescue's as well as Rio's have been down a little bit. Um, so I think I think that's okay. I think BHB's a buy for me. I've got an outperform on it. I, I, I really like it. They have moved into the potash uh, names yep. or fertilizer, so that's going to be a big growth area for them going forward. And they don't make any of these acquisitions without a 20 to 30 year time horizon going forward. What does concern me is the iron ore and the iron ore price. Obviously, it's been jumping around 115, 110, 105 around there. That's been a bit tough for it. But also, there is this it's like uh, something in the back, you know, sort of tapping you on the shoulder is that we've got this Simandu project in Guinea, which is West Africa. Just two days ago, or was it Monday, maybe, maybe yesterday, uh, they got approved, the Chinese government got the approval for the 600 kilometre rail line that is going to go through Guinea to the port. Now, it's a small win for China, but it is also very concerning because China obviously only takes iron ore from Australia and Brazil. Brazil. Mm -hmm. And once the project is up and running in and 100% running, it can supply up to 100 million tonnes of higher grade iron ore than BHP, Rio and Fortescue uh, can. So <coughs> the concern is that that will be starting to work by 2025. So yeah, it's a couple of years away, but markets are always sort of six to 12 months mm. ahead of that. And potentially that BHP is going to come under some pressure over the next two to three years. So. For me, at the moment, it's an outperformance, a great business. We really like it. They're changing tack a little bit with this potash and those yep. kinds of things. But I'd just be really cautious that obviously right. iron ore is a cash cow for all of our three major iron ore miners. And it's just going to come under a little bit of pressure because China will be able to then source. And in the first year, it'll only be 20 million tonnes and then it'll ramp up. But it's going to, it will, right. 100 million tonnes possibly. China's going to throw a lot of money at that West African project to get it up running so they're not beheld to what Australian iron ore is. So little things in the winds that it will potentially, but at the moment, outperform for BHP. Okay. Uh, what, uh, do you have a view on the iron ore price? Um, where Grange Resources came up yesterday on the call and yeah. the, the panel put a sell on it. Uh, 
because the iron ore price yeah. outlook looks so dodgy. Grange Resources is more pellet yeah. uh, iron ore, pellet, so it's a yeah. different type of yeah, iron ore. Type, yeah. yeah, so um, I think iron ore, uh, China is, is also, the, they talked about stimulating their property market by a $44 billion bond yeah. that potentially will be rolled through, which is positive for iron ore and uh, steel yeah. making. Yeah. So um, look, I think iron ore is gonna stay around this $100 mark, 110, I think it's, it, it's, it's pretty suitable there. Uh, barring any kind of collapses or Vale doing something wrong because yep. they were down on their production numbers as well. So um, I think it'll stay relatively safe around that $100 okay. mark. Uh, Josh, what do you think of BHP? Yeah, we've got BHP as a core, core holding. I think it's a good buy around you know, 30, 35, 37. Yep. Um, you know, look to trim and sell when it, as it continues in that range at 45 to 47 as well. Um, I think important to keep in mind is that you know, you look at comparables, so, you know, you've got the big miners here in Australia, Rio Fortescue. Um, the iron ore um, charter is pretty uncertain, so maybe not going into something like Fortescue that's so specific, at least BHP and Rio have got those other commodities. Right. And then just looking mm-hmm. at company specifics, almost process of elimination, Rio seems to be underperforming in terms of its production numbers compared to BHP. So. If you're looking for one of those three, BHP is mm. definitely the best place to go. And just relatively, it's fairly cheap. Going to pay a big dividend in August, so if that's what you're after, uh, that's what's going yeah. to give you. And um, as Adam was saying, that move into potash, mm. it's not putting a toe in the water either. Mm. Um, they're getting into it in a big way, aren't they? Yeah. And yep. see that as a massive future. Yeah, look, I think um, whilst these companies are so concentrated in iron ore, they are looking more long-term and and realising they can't have 50 or 60% of their revenues coming from uh, one commodity if they're going to call themselves a diversified miner. So uh, they're they're moving into other areas. You know, got Fortescue moving into, you know, things like hydrogen and stuff like that. So, look, it's just management. These these guys know the mining industry quite well, so you're just backing backing that they know what they're doing at this stage. Mm. Okay. All right, uh, Lewis, Josh wants a view on uh, Nick Scarley, the big uh, furniture manufacturer that during the, the pandemic was an absolute darling of, uh, of the markets. Now, now, a lot of analysts are saying, well, if you bought a new couch during the pandemic, you're not going to buy another one for 10 years. And I sort of got a bit of a knock on Nick Scarley, but um, they still yeah. seem to perform. They have been saying that for a long time, yeah. that people are going to stop buying all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I think it's obviously the way the market is, it always overreacts to the upside and, and to yeah. the downside. So it had a great run through lockdown and then obviously the whole discretionary sector has just been sold off, maybe a little bit too aggressively. Yeah. Um, that being said, most of the analyst expectations are probably about three three months behind on a lot of these discretionary stocks. Um, so, you know, it's, again, it's, it comes down to that fact of we don't have too much information at the moment. A lot of the information that we've got directly from the company is five and a half months old. So this is another one that I put in the category of waiting till it reports. Right. Um, you can try and get, uh, I guess, a an expectation from companies that have reported like it. Kogan was up 50% on the back of its report, but really it was just back to where it was three months ago. Mm -hmm. So you can try and get an expectation. My advice would be pick one, pick your favourite that you're happy to sort of ride out the volatility with in the discretionary sector um, and just stick with that one. So what's your favourite? For us it's Adairs. Um, It is, you know, a really strong business. It does tend to report well, a little bit low volume considering 
the size of the company, given the whole market, you're not going to get stuck in it by any means. But yeah. it, I guess our point is it's a little bit more of a short-term trade through reporting season rather than a long-term investment for us. Right. Um, and if you're getting in prior to the report, has a good report, low volume is going to accentuate that gain. So right. it's a double-edged sword, but uh, if you get it right, you can make some good so money through reporting. Well, do you have a hold for next scale? Yeah, if hold if it. If you're in it? I think it's quite so low. I think it will get back to the middle of the range, right. in which case... For your preferences, you know, it is in the retail yep. sector. Okay. Um, Adam, yeah. what do you think of it? Uh, they do have a great business model for a downturn, don't they? 100%. You know, everyone gets annoyed when you go and buy a, a sofa from... Next gala, and they go, and you see it on the floor, you see it, and you go, ah, yeah. oh, terrific. Zip. I'll have that one. Yeah. Thanks very much. We'll take your money, and in three months, you'll get it as we then send it off to be manufactured. Or even get, six months now yeah, yeah. with supply chain issues. Yeah. They absolutely. don't get stuck with inventory or anything, no. do they? So it is, a, it is a great business model because a lot of uh, discretionary retailers ordered up big around Christmas time because yeah. they knew that these supply chains were, were, were hitting. And so now what's happening is, is that, that some of that stock hasn't sold, so they have to go into the discounting cycle to get rid yeah. of it. Yeah. And lower profits and things like that. So, yeah, Nixcali, fantastic business and, and always really impresses when it does report. Yeah. Now, obviously, we've seen the stock go from $16 down to $8, now bouncing back to just shy of 10 And I think yeah. I'm with Josh on this one. It's definitely a neutral for me or a hold. If you've got it, you've ridden it all the way down or if you bought some, I think you're okay at these levels. But I do think that that discretionary spend is going to be very, very tough going forward. We are seeing higher interest rates today. Potentially, there will be another increase, and then we're seeing some more over the next coming couple of months, which is going to hurt people's back pocket. Now, if you've already ordered a couch, well, you've probably paid most of your deposit, and you're going to you're going yep. to keep on going with that. But it will stop a lot of people with that excess funding not being available. So, um, I'm cautious on Nick Scarley. I'm cautious on a lot of discretionary retailers. Uh, so it would be a hold from me. Right. So you're cautious on the whole retail sector at the moment? Yeah, the ones I like is LaVisa and Uni, Universal. Right. Um, both young people, uh, yeah. discretionary. They don't worry about interest rates. They don't worry about, uh, you know, that kind <laughs> mom, of stuff. Mum and dad worry mom about that. Mum and dad worry they about that. Yeah. They don't worry about that. So yeah. they do have discretionary spend and they are going to go and buy more clothes uh, online and through have the Have they stores. been hit like all the other retailers? Yeah, they have. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. And bounced as well with that sort of where we saw um, Nick Scarley, that sort of bounce. They've all sort yeah. of had that little bit of a hockey stick. After uh, that, J- JB Hi-Fi really set the trend yeah. a bit, didn't they? Yeah, Early correct. The correct. Um, so, yeah, so the younger, stock or the younger uh, people's stock I think that that sits well with me and that, that that's why I'd be sort of looking at those uh, thematics. Right, okay. Alright, uh, Rob Adam wants a view on Washington H. Sol Pattinson, Sol Pats, it's not the chemist range uh, it's basically a listed investment company at the moment yep. uh, I went through its portfolio so it's got New Hope, yep. the uh, company Cole. TPG uh, Brickworks, Australian Pharmaceutical uh, Milton Corp, of course they did the, uh, the merger recently yep, yeah, um, it's an interesting business, well run very well run, very well respected in the industry and it's a buy from me down right. here I think it's a, it's a fantastic business We've only got a couple of businesses that are a sort of like this conglomerate. You know, you've got yeah. Wes Farmers, can I say Macquarie potentially, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. sort of yeah. investment house. And then you've got Soul Pats as well. They're obviously one of the longest running stocks on our market. 
And if anybody's looking for income, this is certainly a place for you to go. Now, obviously there's some ESG overlays, which you've got to worry about, but I think I'm happy to invest in coal, happy to invest in telcos, happy to do all of that kind of stuff. Um, but their dividend or Solpat's dividend has not gone backwards since they first started and they've made a commitment to the market that it will always be higher than the, the previous half or, or previous year. Mm. So for anyone looking for income, I think this is a fantastic business, well run. Uh, I really like it. I like the Colac, uh, I like Brickworks. I like all of the sort of the smaller businesses that sit underneath that and they yeah. know how to run it well. So for me, it's a buy. Okay, because it's in that, what was the Milton, Solpats and Brickworks all have shareholdings in each other. Yes, correct. The three of them. Correct. So Brickworks is, I think it's about four, 50, 55% owned by Solpats. Right. And so they are a major shareholder of it. They're not taking it over. They right. still want to be that yeah, sort of investment house that sits yep. there and then runs it from there. But I do know Sol has been poking around a lot of other coal acquisitions, right. uh, coal stocks lately. And um, the name just escapes me, but I just saw them pop up on the uh, shareholder register, and it's going to come to me in a second. Not White, but, Whitehaven or one no, of the ones? no, it was one of the other ones. But the, they're making inroads into a lot of businesses, and I, and I like that. I think that yeah. that's good diversification okay. for buying one stock. Uh, Josh, Sol Pat. Yeah, it's an interesting story. You look at the three assets they've got, and they've all done quite well. They've yeah. probably outperformed the market, mm. and uh, interestingly enough outperformed the Solpat share price, yep. which is, uh, you know, something just wasn't wasn't quite adding up. And uh, yeah, it was interesting because before the, on, in their last report, those three companies made up about 60% of their portfolio. Right. Um, but with the merger from, from Milton, because they bought over assets, yep. it actually diversifies it quite a fair bit. Um, Diversification is good, obviously, uh, but from a pure performance point of view, those assets probably have done better than the market. So they would have been better off if that merger didn't necessarily happen right. and they got that diversification. So um, one little area of concern is the company does have a lot of unlisted investments as well. Um, so they're not just like a pure fund manager that's trading oh. ASX listed shares. They have a lot of unlisted transactions. Like a private equity type. They have a lot of private yeah. equity holding yeah. basically. Okay. So um, there's been a big shift in the valuations of private companies lately. Um, and it may not appear from an accounting point of view, uh, but the market's definitely aware of this. Um, you know, we've had even, you know, most recently famous companies like Canva um, downgrading their valuations. Yep. So I think investors are aware of that. Um, yeah, not only the downgrade, but there is the potential for them to go to zero if they're negative earnings and if the funding stops, which yep. is kind of the market that we're I, I didn't realise I had a sort of venture capital arm. It's not a huge part of the business, oh, but no, you know maybe it's some sort of explanation oh. for the for the share price weakness. But okay. all that being said, we do have this rating really highly on our expected surprise for reporting season. It's actually the number one stock out of the call stocks today, in terms of uh, what what the market will actually bring um, mm. to the table in its report versus the share price now as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a very good reporter. Right, yep. okay. So what would you be doing? Um, Is it a buy for you or a hold? Or? I'd, I'd buy it. I'd right, buy it. okay. All right. Going into the portfolio. Yeah, well, it goes up to the investment committee. Uh, see what, is it already there? I think it could already be, isn't, isn't it? it? I think yeah. it might have been today yeah. or, yeah. Yeah. anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, Isaac uh, wants a view, Josh, on WiseTech, the uh, big uh, logistics software uh, group. It's mm -hmm. a big product is Cargo Wires One. Um, has had a uh, 
uh, an interesting track record over the last uh, two or three years. Uh, what do you think of WiseTech? Uh, I think it's a, a strong um, technology company. We've been seeing some consolidation in this area. Yep. So I think this is probably one of the best ones you get. Uh, it's only about 20% from its highs. So it's, you know, you talk about the beaten down tech sector. Um, not sure that really applies to it's wise tech at the moment. It's up all right, has it? Yeah, I guess because it is such a, such a strong uh, name. You know, you look at 88, for example, almost at those highs, and that's because it's basically got a monopoly in the industry. Mm. And WiseTech, while it's not a monopoly, it's uh, pretty close because of how good it is. Yeah. They've got you know plenty of cash, no debt, so it's, it's a very sort of different tech um, play. I'd be more than comfortable to, to add this to portfolio if you're looking for that um, you know strong tech without it, I guess, being too undervalued at the moment. Right. So I'd be happy to buy this one. Geez, it was on the nose for a while there, wasn't it, yep. with the... Uh, uh, that, that group out of Singapore, the short yeah, sellers, the are really um, yeah. went to war against mm. WiseTech. And mm. I, I thought the founder reacted really well. It was yeah, well, really, the WiseTech founder was. You know the founder or something like that? Uh, yeah. No, I just, uh, I just, it's just a great story. The founder of WiseTech. Uh, used to run the logistics for ACDC when they were on tour. That's right. That's and right. Uh, he started out as a roadie, and only because my brother-in-law used to manage ACDC, so so I know him and went, sacked his business. Um, and I read a recent financial review feature on him that said he used to be the um, uh, keeper of the guitars for ACDC. Right. Well, that wasn't till right at the end of his... Uh, stinted AC. He did start as an actual roadie right. and getting the trucks because it's a massive logistical exercise uh, when ACDC goes on tour or any world band. Yeah, yeah, any band. Yeah, and my, Michael, as my brother-in-law said, he was just famous for his spreadsheets that he was so reliable. Everything would get there, and he'd have uh, one team jumping the other. Yeah. So they'd Set be up. playing in in one state in America, and then setting up yeah. for the next night somewhere else. Um, Wow. So that's where it all started. It's good to see he's worked on the ground level. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good story, though. Yeah, I yeah, love stories crazy. like that. Everyone yeah. has a story. Yep. Well, that's <laughs> right, yeah. So, I mean, WiseTech certainly has been in an upgrade cycle, and that's where we can see the. if we look back at the chart, you can see that's exactly why. Yeah, the last six weeks. Yeah, it's been moving forward is because they did come for their full year 2022 guidance. There you go. You can see that they've really started to, to ratchet up. And that guidance basically saying that the revenue was going to be at the top end of sort of 635 mil and EBITDA would be around 320 mil. So from two sort of 95. So that's right. a definite upgrade in there. Um, and I think that re, um, that revenue performance is attributable to organic growth, but also that cargo wise business, which is sort of grown around 43% right. over the last year. So yeah. it's, it's just been absolutely growing. So for all of those great factors, um, I'm going to take Josh's line here. I'd like to wait until August 24th when this does right. report because I think the price, I'm neutral on it to hold from me yeah. because I think that share price is pretty much coming up against a bit of a top there at around that $50, $53 mark. So strong revenue performance, but the market's going to be looking for that strong revenue yeah. performance. And if they don't hit it, just like Aussie Broadband the other day, didn't hit the metrics, it was just a little bit softer and the market really has sort of taken to town on it. Uh, market's really harsh, is it? Because uh, they have beaten down tech stocks and the tech stocks that have have weathered the storm yeah. 
it seems almost extra focus on them going, oh, you're not down as much as everybody else. Yeah. Give us a reason. Give us a reason Absolutely. to do it. Absolutely. And if you do. That's right. And so they're defining gravity, I guess, at the moment. You know, they're yeah. really being held up. And, and that shows that this is a resilient business, a great business yes. and a good yeah, yeah, quality good, business. Good long term. But I think some that 2023 guidance is really going to have to come through. And I okay. think what we're seeing at the moment with, with reporting season potentially on the rise is we're going to see great numbers from last year, but next year is going to be a little bit softer. Okay. And I think that's going to be a problem. All right. Let's uh, check the first five stocks. Stock of the day, CSL, uh, a buy from Josh and Adam. Aristocrat, a, um, a hold from Josh, a buy from Adam. Uh, buy on BHP from both. Uh, Nick Scarley, a hold from both. Um, uh, Josh, in that uh, retail sector, prefers Adairs. Um, Dorsey prefers uh, LaVisa, is his favourite retailer. Uh, Solpat's a buy from both and WiseTech, a buy from uh, Josh and a hold from Adam. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by Investment Committee. Next episode goes live uh, at ozbiz.com from 4.15 this afternoon. So let's check in with the portfolio as it stands. Before that update this afternoon, uh, Tyro Qantas, Frontier Digital Ventures, Tabcourt, Stepfast, out Babcorp in, uh, cash reserves at 10%. So keep sending your suggestions in for the call because that's the first filter to get to the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Coming up this half hour, we have Wiz Farmers, Polydovo, uh, Nine Entertainment, Qantas and Beach Energy. So really good cross-section there. Uh, Josh, Wes wants a view on, or Mitchell wants a view rather, on Wiz Farmers. Yeah, it's it's been caught in that discretionary discretionary sell off. I think a little bit as well uh, with those companies we were talking about, like Adairs, Nick Scarly, all of those ones. So they do have other aspects to their business. So I don't think it's entirely justified. But so ev- everyone focuses on Bunnings and Officeworks, don't they? <laughs> and then also the uh, the reports out of America with their right. retailers and kind of put it in the same basket and uh, yeah. decided to sell first and see the numbers later. So yeah. um, they do have other parts of their business, you know, the API acquisition, so that's, you know, chemists like Priceline, Solpats, the yeah. actual chemist, not the fund manager. Yeah. And uh, no, I mean, they do also have that non-producing lithium miner as well. So maybe that's uh, extenuating the sell-off a little bit. Right. That area of the market's been, um, you know, sentiment's been dented anyway. But all those factors are really good for the company longer term. So it's all about your time frame, I think, with Wes Farmers. Um, ultra long term, it's going to be fine. It's got great assets, it's got great management. Um, you just find it in a, in a bit of a dip now. Um, if you're buying it now, you're probably going to struggle to make drastically above market returns for the next 12 months, yeah. uh, but you're going to get a nice return over that five to 10 year time frame. So okay. all about time frame with some of these big blue chips as well. Okay. But I think it's an okay buy longer term for here. All right. 
Adam? Yeah, it's a buy from me as well. I think it's a fantastic business. Uh, Josh has outlaid it really, really well. That chemical side of things, I think, does very, very well. And it's oh, yeah, I've forgotten about that. The fertiliser chemical yes. side, which yeah. is, and, and, and the lithium, um, their, their production is about 50,000 tonnes per annum. And uh, I think they're pretty much, they've got the potential to go to 100,000 tonnes. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that is already sort of taken through. So um, you've got a massive business there, but albeit very small compared to something like the Bunnings and the Kmarts of the world. But I think they'll be well placed in a rising cost environment. Now Bunnings is obviously very expensive and one of the most expensive hardware stores in the world. So be careful when you when you go into Bunnings. But um, overall, that, how dare you say that? I know that's three almost sausages. Now that's too, almost like, un-Australian I know, to actually a mock Bunnings you, as the world's most expensive retailer. You search it on Google, and I guarantee you'll find plenty of articles showing you Is that, that they right? are the most. Go on, you can Google it now. I can guarantee. <laughs> Yeah, one of the most expensive, and they've got the highest margins as well. So right. it's Helps a, being one of the only guys around. Correct. Might attend, doing okay, yeah. but nowhere near it. Yeah. And the big box stores, which they're really good at, you know, mm, this yeah. whole sort of massive car park, big box mm-hmm. stores, those things. And then they're selling everything in there as well. It's not just hardware. You can mm. go in there and, and get everything. And, yeah. you know, on a weekend, you get lost in right. there searching for where you came for just some fertiliser or something. And then, you yeah. you know, you... you it's you amazing. You find all the things that you didn't outdoor think you barbie needed. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, look, I, I really like West Farmers. I've always been a fan of it. Um, they've got a great war chest, great business. This API acquisition, they are going to do very well at that. They are very, yeah. very good at retail. We've that with other businesses as well. I don't think they're paying up too much for it. It's a buy from me. I'm really happy. Price target around 56 bucks. So yeah, I'm pretty comfortable does, there. Does it worry you that, like like uh, mineral resources? Yep. I, I see as sort of almost the Wes Farmers of resources, but yep. you can say, okay, you know, you want exposure to lithium and iron ore and a whole bunch of other things. Yep. Mineral mining services. Uh, yep. But, but um, West Farmers, you yep. could say, oh, if you want a cross section of retail, but then you got the lithium, then you got the fertilizer. Yep. Does it muddy the water a bit? If, if it does muddy the water if somebody wanted to take them over, right. like we've seen other businesses like Tabcorp getting rid of the lottery business or uh, Woolworths getting rid of Endeavour, you know, sort of yeah. to clean the business up a bit. Suncorp, you know, trying yeah. to sell its bank and just now being insurance, those kinds of things. It does muddy the water a little bit, but I think it's it's one of those ones like Solpats, it's that... Uh, diversified oh, business yeah. that you can go in there, feel comfortable that you've got not just one revenue source, you've got multiple revenue sources, and uh, it's a well-run business. Yeah. So that's I suppose that, that's the issue, Josh, is uh, that you're really backing the executive team yep. with that private equity mentality. Mm. Uh, and that's where the, the five and ten year time frame comes in because, you know, you can't predict what's going to happen in seven no. or eight years. Uh, but what you can predict is is those different factors of the business. Sometimes some of them are going to be strong, sometimes some of them are going to be weak, yep. but overall yep. the management's creating value for shareholders. Okay. So. All right. Uh, Zoe, Josh wants a view on Polynovo, the medical device company. Um, their dermal regeneration solutions, Novasorb, is their uh, the big product for treatment of traumatic wounds. What do you think of Polynovo? Yeah, biotechs are always fun. Um, they can, especially <laughs> as an advisor. Um, I think unless you're a, a doctor specialising in the area that it's that it's doing, just listen to the market with these ones. Yeah. So uh, 
um, you know, I experienced that with Mesa Blast when it was up. Yeah. I was down initially 40%, yeah. then up 50% the next day um, uh, after a two-day FDA approval meeting, and I lost yeah. a few nights sleep there. So, um, yeah, biotechs are fun. Um, uh, they're all story-driven, aren't they? They're yeah. all announcement Yeah, driven. exactly. So in this case, um, the stock was in a downtrend, um, and then someone that does know started buying. So the person was David Williams, the, the company's chair. He accumulated about $6 million worth of shares, Um, At the same time, there was a bit of a short interest story going on. That's since peeled off. Um, And basically what that's done is it's effectively brought the stock out of a downtrend for the the time being anyway. Um, So the insider purchases. Yeah, yep. And then the market on the back of that kind of following suit. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it wasn't just purely him that that brought it entirely up. But uh, yeah, I guess for the time being, um, the market's hopeful that they've got something great coming. I wouldn't necessarily go and buy it again because I do like my sleep. Uh, but if a client <laughs> wanted to buy it, I wouldn't necessarily um, object to that. I'd just make sure you've got clear exit strategies because it's only very freshly out of its downtrend. Uh-huh. So if you see it start to slip back into the downtrend, then that's your opportunity to cut your losses. So right. I wouldn't put a great deal of capital into it either. Okay. So no from you? No, it's a buy. A buy? Yep. A buy. There we go. But a very small buy, if that's possible. <sighs> That was okay. a, so a weak buy. <laughs> no, just a small amount of capital. Okay. Into it. So right. you can sleep at a night, nibble. That's all. A nibble. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dorsey, are you going to nibble uh, no, Polly I'm not, I'm not as brave as Josh. Uh, I, I've been burnt so many times. Um, I do like the whole insider buying, though. Hmm. Peter Lynch once said, Peter Lynch, very famous investor, said that directors will sell their stock for various reasons, but they only buy it for one reason. They buy their stock because they know it's going higher. Right. right? So, so that's an important part of your uh, investment filter, your I, I research into it, a stock. It is part of, and you def- definitely look at who the substantial buyers are and right. when, and especially because after reporting season, there's a window of about a month where they're allowed to buy because all the results are out, those kinds ah. of things. And so there's a window where all managing directors or directors of the business are allowed to buy. And that's a really telling time when you're watching these changes, substantial shareholdings or management buying. Um, That will definitely uh, give me some kind of confidence if I'm in the stock that the directors are still picking some of the stuff up. Okay. Obviously selling, you know, got tax losses. There's there's a myriad of reasons why, but generally when they're buying, they're buying because they know the story's going to go higher. So uh, overall, biotechs are not a place that I trade in. I've done it before. I've I'm, I'm, promised myself I'll never go back in. <laughs> and I'm sticking to that rule because you've got to have rules in investing. But I think um, Josh is right. If you are going to do it and I had a client that wanted to do some, then I would say, definitely accept the order. But I would say, look, this is you've got to be really careful. And I wouldn't put a lot of capital to that position, maybe two and a half percent of the portfolio to start with. So um, it would be an avoid from me. Okay. All right. Um, and I suppose it's something, if it's that month after reporting season yep. that they could buy, uh, we should probably have a regular segment here at Ausbiz uh, for that month yeah. after, or two months um, well, there, after they, reporting season to see who is buying and correct. selling. Yeah, absolutely. You could chart it even yeah. um, and you could see how much, accum- how much uh, directors are accumulating stock right. inside of that. Um, I'll see if I can get some more info for you so we right. can put something together. Uh, is it import, important in your decision filter? Um, inside of I think I think this 
scenario is probably the most important one we've looked at. Um, typically, no, we don't really right. take it into account too much. And even directors, well, I guess we're probably more concerned with director selling. There are many reasons could be buying a new house in Bondi, but yeah. um, it's always a a, it can be a little bit of a, a red flag if, if yeah. uh, they're selling out as well. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Uh, Adam Asher wants a view on Nine Entertainment. Of course, the uh, the Nine television network stand streaming service, um, Fairfax newspapers, yeah. uh, Domain, the, uh, the property marketplace. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll just talk about Stan to start with because it's really done very well. I think they've got 7.8 million subscribers. So mm. that's actually not too bad. Mm all paying whatever it is, 10 bucks, $15 a month um, going forward. So I think that's definitely a growth engine for any one of the media outlets that they've got in Channel 7 and and 10 have got their own sort of digital um, um, offerings going forward. What does concern me a little bit is obviously Netflix looking to do uh, paid advertising and that might be a little bit of a drag for someone like Stan because people potentially uh, would happily pay nothing for Netflix to see a couple of ads and that might sort of redirect eyeballs. Stan has basically come out to the market and said we're not going to do that model, we're we're comfortable. However, they do have the ability then to put on potentially something that was really good on Stan, um, Yellowstone or something like that, and then move that to Channel 9 and and, and do something like that. So that that has been a really good way for Channel 9 to potentially generate extra revenue, more clicks and those kinds of things. Overall, I've been really negative on the media side of things. I think it's a tough business. Advertising is always fickle. Uh, It's one of the first things to go when things go wrong. But Channel 9 would be my top pick if I was to be forced to put anything into the media sector. Um, Just on that chart alone, it actually doesn't look too bad. It's sort of around here. So I think there's some value down here. So I'm going to say it's a buy, but I still think that the traditional broadcasting is going to go through some weakness. And then potentially they just their balance sheet needs a little bit of work as well. So earnings will will continue to do well. I think advertising is okay, but it's certainly not a sector that I really look at, and it's something that I've um, yeah just not really uh, gravitate to because it's so fickle. Yeah. And you would know. their domain investment uh, second tier yeah. domain. Um, I think I think it's a, it's a great business. I look at domain when I'm looking, you know, at houses and things like that because it's sort of the first one that pops up. But I think REA's definitely got it over on them as well. Right. So I think it's a second tier business. So yeah, uh, yeah, okay. happy to buy it at the price because of that chart. I think that's okay. that looks mm. good, Josh. Yeah, not a lot of compelling reasons to step into this one. Um, Again, more so looking at the macro theme. If we do experience any sort of contraction or slowdown, um, that subsector is going to be fairly hit. And um, I don't have a reason to really be into that subsector yeah. right now, anyway. So, unless um, they've got something great on their horizon, you know, they've got a couple of little things like Domain and Stan, I think both of those are likely to, you know, struggle in the next period. You know, the Increased competition of streaming services is is through the roof, and that's pretty evident in the Netflix mm. share price that we've seen lately. They do a lot of their own stuff, so there's more costs that come with that too. But um, yeah, I think I think this one's a sell actually. Um, I think it's pretty. It's been caught in that sell off a little bit more, so you know probably has a little bit of a bounce on its report and gets a bit of uh, steam behind it in that. And then I'd probably use the opportunity to try and get out of it at maybe 240 or something like that. Um, the analyst expect on this one I think is like 
350, stock's never traded there. Um, that's up like yeah, 50, 55%. So I don't think right. it's going to get there. And uh, those analyst expectations will continue to be revised down as the data already flows out for okay. it. So I think, yeah, it's the opportunity to get it. It is interesting, the Netflix taking ads. Remember when Foxtel launched? Mm. No ads? No ads. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, how long did that last? <laughs> also, the ads came and you still had to pay a subscription fee. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, streaming services, you could binge on series. Now they drop them every week. Yep. So, mm. I, I must back. admit, uh, with my streaming services, I do it through my Apple account. It's so easy to unsubscribe and subscribe again, mm. so I just keep rotating through them all the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really and it's, 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 the, it's the streaming service has got the, the latest and greatest show, you know, and yeah. everyone sort of like goes to that and then you know you might even get your free month or whatever and then you can just yeah. get off come and, back and, out again yeah. right but netflix it. is definitely tightening up on that oh yeah They're definitely yeah, tightening yeah. up. now they've got that. new rules here yeah, which is next coming. week or yeah. something oh, is it next week is it <laughs> some people share passwords with their family god who does that oh, i said to my da- do i said to my daughter the other day when you move out uh you're gonna have to get your own netflix uh subscription oh dad i can't do that <laughs> what you want me to pay for it i said uh, yeah, yeah and spotify and this and, uh, and, and, and your gym membership it's against the rules <laughs> that'll be the budget yeah absolutely <laughs> all right nick wants to view josh on uh on Qantas. Mm. um in the uh the headlines for all the wrong reasons over the last couple of months Poor buggers can't get staff, and we all want to travel and complain mm. when we've got to stand in a queue. It's in an interesting the spot. Um, demand's there, sure, yeah. um, but you know maybe supply's not for them, which is causing all sorts of issues. So massive labour shortage issues. Um, one of my clients said to me quite somewhat facetiously, "Was you know maybe they forgot how to run an airline after a couple of years?" And <laughs> I think it's there's some truth to it. They're struggling with the demand basically, yeah. and it's it's a bit of a it is very hard logistics to do you know that sort of high demand that we're seeing so I think it's in, it's in a tough spot um, we're generally all a bit soft aren't we really <laughs> you know oh got to stand a queue to go to Greece for summer or something like that yeah come on I um, think I think the cancelled flights is also like you know delayed like three days people are sitting at the airports um, overseas because they're so. like any other business like our ours here or your business yep. the number of staff you have sick mm. every day is yep. huge yep. but just and, and you can't plan for it. It's just that day they go, oh, I've got COVID or yeah, still stuck I've just with the COVID or whatever. Yeah. You know, maybe if they had the cold, they could come in, but not yeah. with COVID. So, yeah. yeah, it's a tough business to run uh, regardless. You know, Richard Branson said, if you want to be a millionaire, start with a billion dollars and buy an airline. Yeah. So it is a tough business. Um, Buffett said that too, and kept buying airlines. Yeah, back right. and buying it, didn't they? So, yeah. well, they are quite romantic. <laughs> investment to be involved in. Yeah, right. So oh, I think it's a hold. I, th- I think um, a similar sort of strategy with with uh, Nine Entertainment. Hold it. It'll come back up because the demand's strong to that mid-range and then that's your opportunity to get out and uh, probably, yeah, walk away from it for a, okay. quite, quite a while. Now, did you say like Nine Entertainment? You said that was a sell, not a hold. Well, sell on the bounce. So ah. don't, don't sell bottom of the range, of course. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, similar thing. Look, you could try and get it on now if you want to play that short term. They have, you know, they can't control their costs as well. So maybe a good trade idea is, you know, you buy Qantas and you buy an oil company to offset each other. Something along mm. those lines. Okay. Yeah. Pairs trade. Mm. I remember uh, Alan Joyce was telling me, um, like 80% of their cost is fuel. 
Yeah. That's it's it. Huge. It is just yeah. massive. Yeah. Imagine that hanging over your business, one call center beyond your control that is make or break. Well, because they do a lot of hedging, so that's how he's able then to uh, get that to that level. And in fact, when you hedge it, it's obviously a fixed cost. Yeah. It's not um, It's not a variable, it's, it's, it's absolutely fixed. And so they've been able to cut their fixed cost base a little bit, which has improved their flexibility in their order book. But overall, I think the earnings are still fairly um, resilient. But for me, it's a no. I've always been uh, against airlines. The amount of people it takes you to actually get somebody on a plane is ridiculous. Can- uh, all of these cancellations and those kinds of things. We did get a good insight into Rex today, reported. All right. And they, their stock was up uh, a little bit on uh, more movements in the domestic market. Right. And I think potentially they are taking a little bit of market share away from Qantas and Virgin on that mm. overall uh, internal flights, FIFO, those kinds of things. Again, it's such a fickle business, you know. You Their yields are pretty good at the moment. Yeah, yeah, agree, agree. You know, it's, it's not cheap to fly. Well, how much I went to Adelaide for a football game the other week and it was $900 one way. Yeah, but you because you booked like Hell. one day before. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mum. Yeah, so if you book two weeks ahead, it's probably a little bit cheaper. Right, right. Yeah. But, but you're it's right. right. And, that, yeah. and, and that AI engine, I think, is fantastic <clears throat> because you go in and look at it one day and it's like, you know, uh, six. $250, and then all of a sudden the IA knows that you've come in and then you, you get distracted, you go back in again, it's $300. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. the hell, how did that happen? <laughs> but I think a lot of that AI is, is, is working in favour for them. They've got the front end of the plane really worked out quite well. That's where they get a lot of that premium market coming yeah. through. Obviously the back end of the plane. But all planes that I've gone on in the last six months have been absolutely full. Oh, they yeah. are not wasting one seat. And if they no. do have seats that are spare, they're cancelling that flight, <laughs> putting people onto the next flight yeah, and shuffling it all through month. to yeah. make them go forward. So, look, they're, they're, they're in, a, in a tough spot. Uh, oil is uh, price is still high, and obviously when oil comes down under eighty bucks, I think that's the kind of time that you want to be buying, or right. when oil's moving lower, because that's one of the biggest costs going forward. So for me, it's a no. Uh, avoid I avoid all airlines altogether. Okay. Um, but Qantas is the best run business in the world, I think, for an airline. Airline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Josh. Simon wants to know: Is Beach your yeah. oil stock that you? sort of match your pair with Qantas. Yeah, this uh, could the be. big oil and natural gas product. This could producer. definitely be one name you, you, you do that pairs trade with. So um, I think they're going to have a decent report in terms of um, dividends, so right. announcing their dividends. I think the biggest surprise for, oh, the biggest number as well, that's going to come through in this reporting season is going to be the dividends from energy companies. Uh, we've seen that with one of our uh, smaller coal stocks, Terracom, They've never paid a dividend before. Um, And then they flagged in their quarterly, which will be confirmed in their annual report, that they're going to pay like a 12% dividend. Uh, Just because they've got so many earnings, so much Mm. earnings just sitting there, uh, you know, it's pretty impossible to do anything with it majorly. So uh, they're going to pay that back to shareholders. Obviously, when that's fully announced, uh, you know, not only do you get the dividend, sure, it's going to drop by that, but it's more important about the fact that they've got the earnings with the ability to pay those dividends. So I think Beach. Well, all, all the coal well. stocks are going to do that, aren't they? Yeah, they're, and I think the oil stocks will be cash in the same. Machines. Yeah, the oil stocks will be in the same boat. So that's yeah. probably the main thesis that we're looking at with this one. Um, we have Woodside in the portfolio uh, as maybe more of our 
more blue chip longer term play um, and then just you know sort of getting it we, we got involved in beach for a reporting season play basically right okay yeah. so yes for beach yep okay uh, but Woodside would you prefer that or is is that the preference I prefer it as an investment yeah right. okay. I, th- I think because beach is smaller um, yeah. you're obviously likely to get more bang for your buck in the next month right yep. okay yeah, uh, Adam. Agree. Woodside is mm. the play for the oil and gas space. That's um, and they're going to report very, very well. Obviously, with the Woods uh, BHP acquisition. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a cracker this this half, and in fact, next half as well. Um, so, so Beach for me is a hold. I think overall, um, it is a little bit smaller, four billion dollar market cap versus mm. I don't know what Woodside's is, but it's in the yeah, it's in the multiples. Yeah. Um, they, they were able to p- improve production in the last quarter and they did drive revenue up 15% quarter on quarter. So it is moving in the right direction, but it really has uh, slowed down obviously with their Ottawa production uh, doing okay and their Western flank is still declining as well. So you've got a tail of two halves. Uh, Ottawa is looking pretty good and you, um, as well as then the Western flank sort of starting to decline a bit. So you, you, you've got this sort of uh, two plays there. Their gas plant uh, construction, which is done well over the period, uh, we should do quite well also. So overall, I think it's a great result. It's probably the best that the oil stocks are ever going to see is right at the moment. You know, we've seen great oil prices, that tailwind, Russia, all this kind of stuff. So uh, would you be getting out of them now? Uh, well, is this the top of the cycle? As yeah, good as that gets for. You look at that chart. And you stock. sort of think dollar, dollar eighty, dollar ninety would be uh, a time to sort of take some profits because historically it does fall back from these levels here. Um, so yeah, for me it's a hold. I prefer Woodside. I think you've got to be you got to be big. Uh, to do well in this industry yep. and I think that one is good though I did like the lattice acquisition that they did a couple of years ago with Origin I think that really made them a company right. maker but overall I think um, yeah it'd be better placed in Woodside the other good thing about Woodside is actually taking over the BHP assets because history says when BHP gets rid of something yes. the new management does better does better yeah. yeah or the existing management seems to go okay yeah and, and I think also BHP has given a couple of executive directors over there to sort of make sure that, that right. everything moves because they've still got an act they've still got a 49 or 40 percent yes. stake yeah. in it so they need to yeah. they need to keep, keep it an eye on it all right let's uh, uh um, double check the uh, the last five stocks. Um, uh, West Farmers, uh, a buy from both uh, Josh for the long term and for Adam. Uh, Polynova, a nibble from Josh and no from Adam. Uh, nine is a cautious buy from Adam yeah. and a hold tending to a sell from Josh on the bounce. Uh, Qantas, a hold from Josh and no from uh, Adam and Beach, a yes from Josh, a hold from Adam. Both uh, prefer Woodside. Uh, Josh Barker from Macro, always good to see you. Thanks, Thanks for joining me. us here on the call. Adam Dawes, good to see you Absolutely. again as usual from Shore and Partners. Uh, if you'd like any stocks for me to uh, put to our expert panel, put them in email to call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. You can see all the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And don't forget the uh, the new edition of the Investment Committee 4.15 this afternoon to see what they do to update the, uh, the uh, calls portfolio. Some really interesting discussions there as well. That's it for me. Coming up next, the small caps.
stick around. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. 